it's KB. And I'm not. Yay, she knows who she <laughs> is this week. Well, I know who I'm not anyway. Hey. I'm Kate. Welcome Pretty back to the center seat. Indeed. We like, to, we like to talk about movies here. That's true. That's um, very accurate. I watched a lot of movies this week. You and I both. What did you watch? I watched... Um, no, I don't remember anything. I finished Westworld. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm more towards the beginning than I am toward the end. Oh man, it comes together. Like the first Good. few episodes are brutal because it's just like, it's such a departure, but mm-hmm. then it like, when it comes together, it comes together fast and furious. And then you're like, wait, it's over. So, cause God, they're so mean. Um, so now I get to wait another two years for that. What about um, movies? I'm getting there. I'm looking up what I watched. You have a list. Yeah, that's how I remember things. I rewatched Equilibrium, and I have bad news for us. It does not hold up. Like, really? it is. it has hit the time period where that movie looks super dated and has some real cheese factor happening. Like, the last time I watched it, not that much time had passed. And so I, I didn't pick up on it, I guess, but like some of the writing is just really corny. It does a lot of the thing where like it shows you the wide shot and then it shows you the super close up of the action of just the hands on the thing that is really starting to date some movies. The more you see that. Did you see see the, um, that look, that early 2000s look that I was talking about? last time not as much in that one i didn't feel like so it was bright. there yeah and so golden like that whole movie is yellow um yeah it was uh it's not it's not maintaining well i also speaking of movies that are not aging well rewatched the saint with val kilmer and i don't remember why i had a reason at the time uh-huh of watching it no hear me out (laughs) (laughs) i was in sometimes you're just in a val kilmer mood you just are and i wanted the movie where he was the prettiest and that one i don't know there wasn't a lot of options that i could stream on whatever i was on without having to like find the remote so Um, the movie top gun would like to have the word with you I don't think he's, I don't like the spiky haircut mm. and he's such a jerk and he's barely in it. Come on. Have you even seen that movie anyway? Um, so yeah, I rewatched the saint so bad, so bad. Like it was bad in 1996, but it is not better. Um, you know who the best part of that movie is, which I did not remember this being true. You're not even going to guess? You're just going to stare at me? That's fine. I had three children. I don't guess anymore. (laughs) Hey, hey, guess what? I should totally implement that rule. Um, Elizabeth Shue. She's like legit bringing it and in a real goofy role. But why are you smiling? I love Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. She was my celebrity doppelganger before Elizabeth Moss came along. And now I only get her. So, yeah, so I watched those two. They were uh, underwhelming. And then I watched American Splendor, which we will talk about later. 
Yes. Uh, for this. Ooh, and I watched Kick Ass and McGruber and A Fish Called Wanda and The Departed and Fight Club, the end. <laughs> I spent a lot of my movie watching in 1962. Um, I oh, right. For that a, other podcast, yes. Yes. I was a guest on the Gilded Films podcast with my friends Brett and Christian. And they uh, basically cover Best Picture noms for the Academy Awards, and every episode's a different year. So this time we covered 1962. A lot of long movies in 1962. Name Lawrence, some. Lawrence of Arabia. Well, yeah, there it is. The Longest Day, which is also the a longest long movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the shortest one was To Kill a Mockingbird, which is also the best of them. But that's just a sneak peek. I would say go and listen to the Gilded Films podcast when it comes out. Our new episode is 1962. I was also showing Kate that I got a new copy of 16 Candles from Arrow Video. So I was checking that out over the weekend as well. So does the extended version of 16 Candles make it more icky and misogynistic or less? Um, more racist. Oh, interesting. I did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so it's maybe okay that they left that out? Yeah, God, God love the 80s. Yeah. The 80s. Yeah. So on this episode, we are covering the year of 2003, continuing with our Hindsight in 2020 series until we have a new movie to watch. <laughs> uh, it was a good year for action, drama, comedies. What are some of your favorite memories from that year, Kate? Um, well, Big Fish and Identity, and you watched Big Fish, so we'll talk about that later. Um, a somewhat delightful for the time, and I remember really enjoying it, update of Freaky Friday with Jamie Lee Curtis and um, a pre-disaster Lindsay Lohan. And uh, I did enjoy that. Yeah, that was, that was a good, that was a good, uh, good job holes with Shia LaBeouf like his very first movie when he was a wee lad um based on an excellent excellent book and I loved the movie um there's not a lot of grown-up movies that I really love from that year like I'm looking at our list and I see a lot of things that I was like what overrated nobody watches it anymore um I mean you you have Kill Bill yeah or X-Men you know, Finding yeah. Nemo. But, and like Mystic River was good. I don't know. I'm underwhelmed. That's all I have to say about it. It was an interesting year. I mean, the Lord of the Rings trilogy came to an end. The Matrix sequels came out both in the same year as well as the animated one, Animatrix. Yeah, oh, it, yeah wasn't, Animatrix. it wasn't like the year of like super memorable movies with the exception of elf that is the year that the world was graced with elf which is probably the most long-standing yeah and that's because you widely know, watched all of them yeah but it's a nostalgic reason to watch it every year exactly and i'm sorry but when he jumps on that christmas tree i laugh until i cry every single time and then i rewind it i'm very basic sometimes 
Mm -hmm. I didn't like Underworld. 13 was fine. I'm, I mean, you have old school for your raunchy oh, comedies, but... Yeah. You know, I've never seen any of those Underworld movies. My cousin loves them. Shout out to you, Kevin. Um, but, yeah, he keeps saying, oh, you'll love it if you watch it. And I think that them. is, like... I think I watched it because it was back when, like, I still let Ryan pick movies. <laughs> I'm, like, the worst person to live with. It's 100% true. Um, now he watches them by himself because he doesn't like me making fun of him. It's not true. Cut it off as he loves it. <laughs> Whatever. I'm his favorite. Um... Yeah, I just really consider 2003 to be a blasé movie year, particularly given the horror that was put upon us with Love Actually. Like that in and of itself mars the entire year because without, it's so awful. Without it is so hitting, awful. Uh, getting an explicit tag on our episode. Uh huh. I haven't said a Can you explain word. it? Why, why you have this like visceral hatred for that yeah. cheese fest yeah katrina and the waves man like and horrible horrible dance montages and cutesy little moments and just fabricated gross cheese fests oh my god and the little singing boy or whatever like has a crush on the girl or something. I don't remember. Bill Nighy, I think, was the only part of the movie I could stand because he was basically doing the world's worst Steven Tyler. And Steven Tyler is already the world's worst Steven Tyler. So I just, I just cannot. I just cannot. And I don't remember the last time I tried to watch it. But if you ever want to, we could do like a live show of... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hate <laughs> not your typical girly girl. Oh, I freaking hate that movie. I do like rom-coms. There are some that I think are really excellent, but the ones that are just like formulaic, everybody's connected <laughs> bar fest, I can't do it. And the music was terrible. Yeah, those movies get a little trifle at times. Yeah, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Fantastic. Mm. Anyways, after this, you get to talk about Big Fish and how it gave you all the feels. Did you cry? No. Did not you didn't cry? Not even a little at the end? All right. Well, after this, KB will tell us why he is made of stone. In telling the story of my father's life, it's impossible to separate fact from the fiction, the man from the myth best I can do is to tell it the way he told me. In 2003, director Tim Burton brought Daniel Wallace's novel Big Fish to the big screen with Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, Billy Crudup, and Jessica Lange, and a very, very young Marion Cotard, as well as Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, big Fish examines a relationship between a father and son who doesn't think he knows his father very well because every story he's ever told him has been exaggerated to the point of being completely unbelievable. Um, I absolutely love this movie and was so excited to get to recommend it to KB because it is, it's basically, I feel like, the perfect place for Tim Burton's 
whimsical aesthetic to have a really good poignant script where it works together really well without turning into something that's sort of edgy and creepy. It's that other side of Burton. Um, but before I keep going, what did you think? Did you catch that handoff I just did there? Yeah. For radio, go. Except you talked right over it. So You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a bit offsetting when I saw that Tim Burton was the director because, you know, I'm thinking Edward Scissorhands. I'm thinking dark comedy. I am thinking, as I mentioned before, I've tried to watch this film for like almost 10 years every summer when I do my fantasy sci-fi challenge. And I was waiting for fantasy and it didn't take too long until I realized that um, the stories themselves contain the fantasy element. There's a line in it where um, the father played by Finney is talking to his son, um, Will and Edward. And, and he says to him, I, you, you write down stories, I tell them. And you could see that that's pretty much that they're the same person and therein lies the conflict. So I was pleased. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed the cameos that came along. You mentioned all of the stars in it. Um, it was also cool to see Steve Buscemi and Danny DeVito pop up. Um, Unknown to you, a very young Miley Cyrus played the little girl Ruthie that um, pops up in it. So it was uh, it was a very nice movie. I'm glad I finally got a chance to check it out. And uh, yes, the ending is tear worthy, but, <laughs> I, I'll but just you are made of friend. stone. I'm dead inside. What could I say? <laughs> so we watched it as a family um, right after I suggested it to you. And Ryan and I were both just like silently crying at the end of it. And oh. my daughter was just like, what is wrong with you people? But yeah, I loved it. I think it's such a perfect role for you and McGregor. Like it brings that easy charm of his. Um, and it lets it kind of shine without he's not really ever playing against the larger stars in the movie because they're all the family um so he gets to play against the character actors the entire time and there's something this is going to sound meaner than i intended to so inherently bland about him and no, I, I understand what you mean yeah and so he get, he's this perfect charming foil for this giant and the Siamese twins and um and Steve I have always said Busimi and I will not change for you now um and Steve Busimi's nutty character so as for some of the other actors though uh what did you think of the cast I think the cast was well-rounded um I was especially impressed with um Billy Crudup as the son because um I don't know. He tends to play very smug characters to me. Yeah, for sure. He's always a little uptight. Yeah. And, or just like a little full of himself. And here it was more maybe because of the emotional tension between 
the father-son thing. He didn't really have that. I could see where it would come out if he did, but you didn't really get that to Who would you recommend this movie to? I think it's a good uh, family movie. You know, once you have kids in double digits and up, I think it's a pretty universal movie, um, especially anyone who has a son. Uh, just that dynamic, it's very relatable even if you have a good relationship with them. Before we do that, I will say another thing that really impressed me was the score. Not because it's Danny Elfman, so I expect a really good score, if not a great score. But it wasn't just like, you know, all his other Burton combinations. It was a departure from that. And it was a nice departure from that. Yeah, they have such a, a history of these horrors and and kind of um, dark, macabre, scary, dark. And this is and that's what I think is such a treat about this movie is really getting to see that other side of Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Like there's um, like I don't know who I would have picked differently to direct it because he does have that really creative, off kilter vision. Mm-hmm. and style and i think it lends so much to this particular story i w- i don't think i'd want to see anybody else do it but yeah. i felt like it, he, in this one though he he almost had a lighter touch than usual oh definitely but i like i said because there is such a fantasy element to the movie once again not giving anything away other than that i think he was a good person to take on this project and I think because he has that fantasy background, it gave him a chance to do something that wasn't dark and, you know, ended with the sun shining. (laughs) You know, everybody's somewhat alive. It's not like, you know, the the after dead and so forth. Yeah. I feel like it's a very funny movie. It's it's very fun to watch. Um, But the humor isn't that kind of dark, ironic Mm-hmm. jabbiness it's just um it's just lovely it's just such a lovely movie i l- also loved the relationship between ed and sandra as played by albert finney and jessica lang yeah and the, their relationship and the way she just had such a light touch with him and just such a complete like this is who he is and this is the guy i love the end she did, She was never his apologist, and I feel like it was a role that could have easily become that. Very much so. Um, it's almost like she accepted him for the man he was, and just everything just went from there. It's just so good. I just love it so much. So if you would like to watch Big Fish, uh, starring Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, and Jessica Lang, and directed by Tim Burton, it is available with a Showtime subscription to stream, or you can rent it in all the places. And I really, especially in these um, quarantine times of ours, like it's just a lovely, fun, light movie. It's it's what movies are supposed to be for times like these. And just doubling down on what we said before and not being the strongest of the years, um, I think this is a pretty good movie for that year of release. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would say it's it's definitely one of the better ones from 2003. Mm-hmm.
you didn't ask me how many uh, ratings I give it or whatever. Oh my gosh, I am so off my game today. KB, what would you rate this movie? I would give it four out of five bouquets of daffodils. Uh, after my son saw that, um, he decided daffodils are my favorite flower and he keeps bringing it up and it is the stinking cutest. Um, I would give it four and a half out of five Siamese twins, which is pretty messed up if you think about it. So nine out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I love this movie and I think it's nearly perfect. Hmm. Well, after the break, we're going to come back and talk about another movie from 2003, the bio-comedy drama American Splendor. That is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trigger Tree! Look at this. We got Superman and Batman. And what about you, young man? I'm Harvey Pekar. Doesn't sound like a superhero to me. Oh, forget this. Why does everybody have to be so stupid? Here's me, all grown up and going nowhere. I'm not doing as great as you think. I gotta get out of here. <coughs> My second wife divorced me. I work a dead end job as a file clerk. So if you're the kind of person looking for some fantasy figure to save the day, guess what? You got the wrong movie. I don't remember the first time I came across Harvey Picara. Um, around the time of the early 2000s, I started to dip back into comic book reading. And I also remember him being on David Letterman, but he always seemed a little bit off kilter and I didn't understand why. That was until American Splendor, a biopic that is about Harvey Picard, but it's told in a way that's a little unorthodox, just like the man starring Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to address this. Every time you mention him, you say in a way like there is an attraction to him. To Paul Giamatti? Is this what we're talking Me? about? Yes. No. I oh, think he's a phenomenal actor. But he's- I agree. I agree. I, the okay. whole back hair thing just okay. really doesn't I, I can move do on. it for me. Okay. I can move on. I mean, because... I don't want to talk shit about the guy. No, 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 no. But I, do, I was just saying, I thought that's where you were. That's why. No, emphatically, no. no he's, I, he's a fantastic he's actor. A fan. I don't care if it's, he's doing... It's acting enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. I swear, that's it. Historical biopics or... You can you know, always just ask me and I will tell you. I, I would my assumptions were just like painting this really weird picture and I, I have a I couldn't I put the brush down. Enthusiasm for people for all sorts of reasons. Okay. Let me go back and do this the right way. <laughs> Starring Paul Giamatti as Picard, but also having little inserts by Picard himself, it tells the story of the man and the simplicity of his life and how he became famous from a comic strip. With that in mind, I assigned this one to Kate, which I knew she wanted to see for a long time. And I say, how was it? I loved it. I loved it so much. I loved every second of it. And then I listened to the soundtrack for like the next two days. Wasn't it good? 
It was so good. I was not expecting that at all. What I remembered from the 2003 marketing campaign for it, like what stuck was that it was sort of like a dirty, gritty, depressing, really dark movie. And I was never really in the mood for it. I had no idea it was about a comic book artist. I thought it was about a guy in a dead end job who hated everything. And I was so pleasantly surprised and I enjoyed it so much. Um, I thought that Giamatti's performance was absolutely perfect, especially when you also get to see who he's performing as. Mm -hmm. And I thought he was such a delightful, quirky little soul. Like I couldn't get enough of him. And, um, and I loved the way the movie was just built with all of the comic book nods and, and just showing you these scenes and then also how they were put into his actual um, comic books because it was his style was just such a isn't life ironic slice of life um, postmodern comic strip so I'm gushing because I loved it yeah and I, I like the fact that you had like this chop up of kind of like a biopic but then you also have the real life Harvey jumping in and I mean, he's just non-apologetic for who he is. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what makes the the um, clips with him on Letterman so mm-hmm. abrasive is because he is truly just being himself. And there's a line that Letterman is walking that's very fine of appreciating who he is and making fun of him. Yeah. And holding him up as, you know, this sad clown for us to laugh at. And I, I also thought Hope Davis was absolutely incredible. And that was such a different role for her to play. Because mm-hmm. um, she's, I feel like she's always so put together. And she's always these very professional women and on and on. And, um, and so to see her as uh, his third wife, who's just like, yeah, I don't. Like, she's just his perfect foil in so many ways. And then I just thought it was so good. I almost yeah. got into more spoilery things into my gushing. No, she she definitely shows her range in this movie because it's not what you, if you've ever seen her in anything or you saw her on Broadway or whatever, it's not what you're typically used to seeing her as. And then all of a sudden, you know, here she is playing this very drab, very... Um, I would almost say depressive kind of woman. It reminded me of Cameron Diaz in uh, Being John Malkovich. Yeah. Like, just that, like, that kind of drab look and the hair and eyeglasses were a little similar. Mm -hmm. But then also getting to see that character in real life and just how, um, although I think my favorite that I was not anticipating and I kept staring at him and staring at him. I'm like, who is this guy? And it was the guy who plays Toby mm-hmm. was played by, uh, Judah Friedlander played Toby. And do you know what else Judah Friedlander has done? Yeah. He was on 30 Rock. He was on 30 Rock and he was the dude who always wore the hats. And I have been rewatching 30 Rock. And so I was like, 
I know him. And it, but it's such a different character from like this greasy schlubby guy who's sort of a D bag that he plays on 30 rock to like this very sweet, very earnest office worker. Like it was, I just thought it was fantastic. And then to also see the real Toby. Yeah. I don't like biopics and you know, I don't like biopics. I'm very particular about them, but this one was really well done. Yeah. Um, Is it biopic or biopic? Because I prefer biopic. Biopic or biographical movie. Well, that's a totally different word. I would recommend this movie to a lot more people than I thought I was going to. I mean, before I saw it, I literally told my friend Jessica, I was like, don't watch it. You're going to hate it. And she's like, I love that you know that. Um, And having watched it, I would change that recommendation for her. It's not a dark movie at all. It's lovely and quirky. And um, that jazz soundtrack is killer. I found myself... um, I guess when it, it first came out to rent, you know, people will frequently say, uh, give me a movie to, to go rent that I've probably never seen. And I would always recommend this because I know a lot of people probably haven't heard of it or haven't seen it. And, and it's so inoffensive and interesting. Like there yeah. isn't a person who wouldn't, it's someone's story and that's, yeah. and it's gorgeous. And like I said, just, those inner cuts just bring the realism to it because like he doesn't change himself in front of the camera so no he, he does is, not he is himself and it comes through awesome loud and clear it's loud. fantastic and he passed away what 10 years ago 2007 yeah 13 years ago but, that, but yeah what would you rate it so i would give it I would give it four out of five jazz records in a garage sale. <laughs> that collection was amazing. I would give it four and a quarter out of five <laughs> retirement parties. Very nice. Thank you. We're not going to get into quarters. I am getting into quarters because I needed it to be slightly under Big Fish. Mm. So I needed there to be a scotch of different, unless you just want to move to 10 which is what IMDb does. And then I can say eight and a half. You're still going to go halves. I know. (laughs) But I won't go quarters. (laughs) I'll just leave you be, woman. That's it's for the best. Yeah, that's how you get your way. Oh, one of the many ways. Um, so you want to talk about next week in 2004? Yes, because I know exactly what oh, you are God. watching. Oh, God. What? If you say Saw, I'm going to cry. No. Okay. Since you say don't, you don't like make biopic. me watch another biopic. biopic. Why? I'm going to make oh, you watch another biopic. No. <laughs> so you're watching, Ray. What am I watching? <laughs> It looks like the only option for you is Dawn of the Dead, and I'm jealous because it's really good. It's a remake, then. Yeah. I've seen the 78 version. Yeah, no, this is a remake directed by Zack Snyder. Oh. Right? It's going to be good. You're so lucky. You don't have to watch Ray. Well, I I should make you watch Before Sunset because I'd rather watch that again than watch Ray. 
as far as time. See? But Ray is the better movie. Fine. So we have our lineups for the next time. Kate will be watching Ray with Jamie Foxx. And she's going to love it because it's a biopic and it's starring Jamie Foxx. It's a biopic. Biopic. And I'm cranky. I'll be fine. The last biopic went so well that you tried to get me to watch. Biopic. Well, actually, yeah, it did. I don't know why. Because it was called American Splendor. But the yeah. one before that was terrible. <laughs> So until next time, thank you for hanging out with us. I'm Indeed. KB. I'm Kate. Stay safe out there, y'all. For real, uh, especially as things start to open up again. Uh, don't believe the hype is what I say, but we're not I'm getting into you. that. We'll see you I'm next time on the center seat. Theme music provided by The Big Law, Todd Kelly. Please subscribe and follow us on Twitter at center seat pod and you can subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms we'll see you next time